Welcome to Every Moment His. This is a podcast where we seek to bring every aspect, every moment of our lives under the gentle authority of Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. We're glad you're here when we pray this conversation is a blessing to you. Okay, Pastor Tim, we are uh, checking out the Eighth Commandment today. Uh, we're driving back from Hazard, Nebraska. Yeah. Back to Kearney. Uh, last episode, we were we, we were pastors in in the car driving, talking about the catechism. Um, yeah. It's kind of like Kearney. comedians in the car getting coffee. Exactly. Right? Except yeah. we're pastors, and even better. We have no coffee. No. <laughs> yeah. We don't drink coffee in the afternoons anymore. Nope, not a good idea. So, uh, Eighth Commandment. What is it? Yeah, the Eighth Commandment is this, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And why don't you tell me what that means? Luther instructs, we should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. Good. Yeah, so this commandment has to do with the tongue. Right, it's a, it does. It's a tongue commandment. Yeah, and you know, there's actually kind of a, a connection back to the second commandment, right? Because in the second commandment, uh, you are supposed to uh, use God's name correctly. You're, you're not supposed to misuse God's name. And that's a tongue issue too. And so now in the eighth commandment, we're talking about how do you, you rightly use the name of your neighbor who's created in the image of God? Yeah, so it turns out, just like God gives us property, gives yeah. us belongings, gives us our bodies, gives us things to steward, uh, he also cares about the name that is given to us. Your reputation. Reputation. Yeah. And, man, there's a lot of wisdom in this because your reputation is really important. I think in the recent, I don't know, 20 years or so in company marketing, you know what the biggest buzzword is? What? Is branding. Branding, yeah. Your brand. Like, what's your brand? What do people think of when they hear you, the name of your company? Right, yeah. And I think this is, you know, they're just catching up to the small catechism, you know, when it comes to what do people think of when they say your name yeah. or my name? And God cares about that, and he doesn't want our names to be misconstrued. He doesn't want lies to be spread about us. Uh, he wants our reputations to be honorable mm -hmm. and protected. Yeah, and it's not just about your feelings, uh, which are important. It's about um, it's about actually your your life, because this commandment goes back to uh, the court of law in the Old Testament. And so, mm. you know, if you really wanted to get rid of somebody, you throw them under the bus. Um, you could just go tell lies about them, like. You could say somebody committed a crime when they didn't. You could bear false witness against them. And uh, this is why in the Old Testament you need the witness of two or three. Uh, okay. Not just the witness of one. And uh, and so, and, and actually we see this in the New Testament. That Jesus is oh, yeah. a victim of the breaking of this commandment. Yeah. In that false witness was born against him uh, in the Sanhedrin, in the council. Yeah. And where he is handed over to be crucified. And so... Um, yeah, in, in the original context, this was dealing with literally the preserving of your life. Because if somebody were to bear false witness against you, you could, um, you could be put to death. 
uh, for well, a crime I mean, you did not commit. Sure, I mean, it still is today. Yeah. You know, it's because um, the, you know, in, in courts today, we see people making too much of their accusations or falsely accusing people. Yeah. And there's real consequences attached to that. Like, you can get landed in jail. Yeah, um, or we have people who have even been executed who we find out later, well, they weren't guilty of the crime. And so, yeah. Um, so there's a good gift that God's preserving here, and that good gift is our reputation, and even down to our protection of our lives and the life of our life of our neighbor. Uh, well, let's talk about the curb, the mirror, and the guide, right? Okay. Yeah. So curbing. Um, how does God curb? How does the law of curbing false witness against your neighbor? Where do we see that curb in our society? You, you know, uh, St. Augustine once said that every vice is its own form of punishment, eventually. And I think that if you're not telling the truth with your speech, if your speech, you know, cuts people down and you gossip about people and you tell lies about people, because by the way, this commandment isn't just saying, don't lie about people. Yeah. It's saying, speak the best about people, be truthful in your speech and build others up instead of tearing them down. Um, speak everything about everything in the kindest way. Um, if you live a life in which you are just like cutting people down with your tongue and gossiping and lying and backbiting, mm. people are going to notice that and they're not going to entrust you with information. They're not going to be vulnerable to you. Or if you've ever, you ever remember when you were a kid and, and you told a lie and then in order to, to cover up that lie, you had to tell another lie. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember being a kid and like, trying to tell my friends that I was a better baseball player than I was. <laughs> yeah. So when we played baseball in the neighborhood, I'd like strike out. I'd be like, there's always an excuse for, you know, why I was having a bad day that day. But then I would kind of boast about how like, man, in Little League, like I, I'm, I'm such a great baseball player. Like I hit a home run. <laughs> yeah. But then like they talk to my other friends who play on the same team and they're like, oh man, Rasmus is a terrible baseball player. <laughs> so you get into this cycle of lies where you're like trying to build up your own reputation and, and say things that aren't true. You cut others down. Yeah. People start to not trust you. It ruins relationships. So there's this natural consequence that comes from being the type of person that slanders. And I always, I sense this pretty quickly in social situations. Like, if someone's talking badly about someone else when they're not in the room, yeah, they'll do that to me too. They're going to talk about you too. So I'm like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. I'm never telling you. I'm never going to. You're not coming into the circle of trust. Right. I don't trust you. Yeah. yeah. So the, like people are people who slander other people's names are often isolated, distrusted, or distrusted. I should say. And, yeah. And kind of, um, they're just not brought into trust, right? Because and we can talk about the curbing aspect of this law in terms of you know legal things yeah. like because you can bible yeah you right. can get in big trouble for speaking lies in the court of law or just yeah. slandering people defamation names. defamation lawsuits, yeah that's typically not going to happen to most people but you you can experience the curbing effect of the law through what we call natural consequences relational breakdown right yeah sure okay so that's the curbing aspect of the law what about the mirror Oh, yeah. So the mirror, why? So remember, the, the curbing aspect is going to try to get down underneath into your heart and say, all right, why are you 
gossiping about people. Luther yeah. is really perceptive here in the large catechism um, where he says that we, we cannot stand to hear the best about people and we love to hear the worst about people. Oh, man. Why is it that people want to hear juicy gossip, you know? And here's why, I think, because deep down, sinners are really insecure. Yeah. Sinners are super insecure because if you're a sinner, you have to bear the burden of justifying yourself through your works and through your own actions. And so, um, man, that's a big burden to bear. And if you don't have the gospel breathing life into your your person, if you don't have the gospel breathing life into your identity, well, you're going to have to tear other people down to build yourself up, right? You're going to have to like say, well, I'm not as bad as that person, or I must be kind of making it in life because, man, that person's life is a wreck. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think, so it comes from this place of insecurity and comparison. Yeah. Comparison. Um, kind of evil eye, you know, where we are always constantly measuring against other people. Um, And we want to kind of put them down to make us feel better. And this is kind of classic parent help for kids. If kids are getting made fun of at school, the, some of the wise counsel is, you know, that person probably doesn't feel good about themselves. They're just putting you down to make themselves feel better. So don't listen to it. Um, But man, words do really hurt. And so, why are we doing that? Um, maybe it's because we sense our own deficiency. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it happens in adulthood too because you're always kind of, you know, adults are kind of like just grown-up middle schoolers, right? <laughs> and we're, we're comparing standard of living, we're comparing income, we're comparing jobs, we're comparing, you know, relationships and kids and stuff like that. And so... I, do, I really do think that's the source of it, is that in, in our in our sinful hearts, rather than hearing the good things that God would speak about us and about others, we really just want to go take the dark route yeah. and, and tear others down. Well, it's but, interesting just thinking about the dark route. You know, like, this is the language of uh, Satan, right? Satan is. is the accuser. Oh, wow, yeah. And Satan accuses us... Up, even above and beyond what we're guilty of. You know, he rubs yeah. it in our face and, and uh, trashes our reputation, to even to God, he does this. That's such a great point because the word Satan, ha-satan in Hebrew, the Satan, means the adversary or the right. one who stands against you. And the word in Greek for devil, diabolos, means the slanderer. And think about in the book of Job how you know, Satan is slandering Job to God. And and in the book of, I think it's in Zephaniah chapter 3, it's either Zechariah or Zephaniah chapter 3, where he's accusing, he's standing and accusing Joshua, the high priest. And then in the book of Revelation, uh, the Satan is the one who stands and accuses uh, God's people day and night. And so taking our faults and our weaknesses and, and really kind of smearing them all over us and, and trying to really use guilt and shame to, to tear us down. Yeah, so it's this, it's this language of subversive attack um, against others. And yeah, I do think it really does come from 
a hatred of ourselves and a hatred of our brother. Yeah. Um, reminds me as well of the fifth commandment, right? That hatred that we bear towards our brother, like Cain towards Abel. We just talked about that uh, in a, one of our, my last sermon. Like the hatred of the brother caused the evil, right? Right. And First John says, no one who hates their brother, everyone who hates their brother is a murderer. Yeah. And will not inherit the kingdom of God. But that hatred also, if you're not going to murder someone, you might be willing to use your tongue. Yeah, to destroy them. Yeah. Um, and so they're similar, similar kind of attacks. Yeah. Um, Lord have mercy. Yeah, and so when you hear somebody gossiping or you hear yourself gossiping, if, you, if you're tempted to gossip, say to yourself, get behind me, Satan, right? Yeah. Because, I, I like mean, to explain it like, um, you know, like a backflow valve. <laughs> like backflow valves typically keep the sewer out of your house. Yeah. And so if you are speaking... You can let the good go through, and that's part of this uh, commandment too, right? Right. Is speak well of your neighbor, guard their reputation, explain things in the kindest way, build them up, uh, be mindful whenever someone's name is in your mouth yeah. at any time. And if it's if what's coming out of your mouth is sewer, you should stop it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be a crass way to talk about it, but it's it's good, it's good visual. The backflow valve. You're talking James chapter three. James yeah. chapter three. Yeah. And uh, go read. Yeah, and the tongue three. is the power of life and death. Yeah. Right. Now I want to talk a minute about how the gospel heals the sin underneath the breaking of this commandment, because as we know uh, so far in talking about the Ten Commandments, the law can reveal sin, the law can convict sin, but the law can't give life and it can't yeah. heal. Show you what's right, but again, yeah. give you the heart to do what's right. And here is where justification is so important. Justification mm. meaning that we are declared, pronounced, spoken righteous mm. by God himself on account of Christ and his work on the cross for us. And that is really what I think heals our gossiping, slandering tongue. Because God of all, you know, God could speak the worst about us. He could slander us. He could say, you know, what we really are. And yet, justification means that on the day of judgment, God will pronounce us not according to our sins, but he'll, he'll pronounce us as righteous on account of Christ. And so that means God speaks the best about us. He speaks Christ into us and upon us in our baptism. And so that means that, wow, that really heals a lot of insecurity, right? It means yeah. that, hey, what really matters is what God thinks of me, and he declares me righteous. He speaks life-giving words over me and into me. And so that means, and he does that for my brother and my sister, too, yeah. in spite of their sin. So that means that when I speak about my brother or sister, I'm not going to speak about their sin. I'm going to speak about who they are in Christ. Now, are there times when you need to speak about your brother or sister's sin? Yeah, in, in truth, you know, but I, I think the hard discipline here is go speak directly to them yeah. about their sin. Because in Matthew 18, which you're referencing, yeah, you notice how Jesus, in dealing with sin in the Christian community, you'll notice how Jesus is dealing with um, sin in a way that protects the reputation. Yeah. Because if your brother sins against you, don't go tell everybody behind his back. But instead, you go and you talk to the brother 
face to face. And if that brother doesn't listen to you, you don't go and tell everybody in the church about it. You go and you take one or two other people with you. And then if that brother or sister doesn't listen to you, then, then you can tell it to the church in the hopes of winning them over. All that, I think, is trying to show us that the reputation is important. Even when people are doing things that really would tarnish their reputation, we have to be careful to guard and keep their reputation. Yeah, as much as as much as possible. I think this is a very important, you know, aspect of life is we want to guard that person's reputation and, and do, almost like do damage control. Yeah, damage we, control. Yeah, we don't want to, um, we're not going to be false and we're not going to pretend like everything's okay. But we want to get them out of that situation of sin with as least damage to their reputation and to their person as possible. Yeah. And that really takes some maturity. I think in the church, we should be very good at this. We have to recognize it's not our instinct, right? Our instinct yeah. is to um, to give the juicy deeds, right? About right, what's right. going wrong in people's lives. And we want to have the opposite. Um, another really beautiful thought as you were talking about Jesus or God proclaiming us righteous, right? Speaking well of us, uh, speaking life to us. Um, I think too is of Jesus as advocate. Oh yeah. You know, one of the things we think about is when, when Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. You know, Romans tells us that he's advocating for us. He's speaking for us and on our behalf, and he really is helping us and helping our reputation and pleading for us his words and so that's a really beautiful model too of what we are to be like to our neighbors we really want to speak well of them and advocate for them and help them with with the words that we use yeah and you can be an advocate too for your brother or sister in prayer because mm -hmm. you know you can you can come to god and you can pray and plead and advocate for your brother or sister when you see them you know in sinning yeah. you know, situations that aren't good. Um, yeah, now, now there are times in, um, in our lives that, that we have to, you know, I think of, you know, in New York City, whenever I'd ride the subway, they had these big signs that say, if you, if you see something, say something. Oh, yeah. And there are, like, issues of public sin. There's issues of, um, you know, where we have to speak, and, and we're speaking on behalf of the neighbor, in particular, those people who are vulnerable. And so, you know, um, mandated reporting. Sure. So if you have, if there's an issue of abuse or um, uh, children. Potential harm. Potential yeah. harm. And so in, in that case, we have to bring things to light um, to the proper people who have the vocations to deal with those things. But when we're coming into the arena of like just our daily sins of weakness as a Christian, you know, like, you know, somebody who, well, let's say that somebody's particular sin of weakness is they gossip all the time. Mm. Well, don't go around and gossip about how they gossip. Yeah. You know, we want to be able to cover the sins of our brother or sister. And here's the reason why being a human is a super vulnerable experience. It really is. Yeah. And like, we all can remember being in school and like doing something super embarrassing and just hoping and, and, and wishing that this wouldn't be shared to everybody, you know, like, um, yeah. And, and in the same way, 
I'll give you a, I'll give you a story. I, I thought there was a story behind yeah, it somewhere. Give you a story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's about a million stories, but go ahead. So I remember when I was in middle school there. I was like, oh, middle school is such a hard time. Um, middle school in the 90s, and uh, uh-huh. those tearaway pants were kind of a big deal. Uh-huh. You know, like everybody yeah, oh, yeah. was wearing Adidas tearaway pants. Tearaway pants. Yeah. Yeah. So if you showed up to school with tearaway pants, you were like, you're kind of, you've arrived, you know. Um, <laughs> And so anyways, there's this kid, um, and uh, we, as, as guys in middle school, we used to de-pants each other. Sure, we used yeah, to yeah. run up and de-pants. <laughs> and it, it was kind of just, you know, guys giving each other a really hard time in middle school, which I don't think that would happen in public school anymore. You'd oh, probably it, like get I, expelled for it that. It absolutely would, but there go ahead. Came over. <laughs> but anyways, um, I just remember there was a kid who, He's grown up, he has a family, he's functional, you know, he, he survived this, but um, whatever reason, he didn't wear underwear that day. Oh, um, man. And he got de-pants in gym class. And did everyone protect his reputation there? No, no, it turned into a nickname. <laughs> yeah, so, gotcha. Anyways, that's the thing, is it like, man, being a human, being a middle schooler yeah. is super vulnerable. Yeah. Being an adult is vulnerable. And there's so many ways that, like, our, our reputation can and be harmed and that's just an example of something that was accidental but we can actually make really big mistakes in life yeah we've all made really big mistakes in life yep and we really need the christian community to to hide our sin and to and to to not broadcast it because you don't want people doing that to you um and what, a, what a beautiful spiritual discipline it is you know to pay close attention Pay close attention when anyone's name is in the air. Yeah. And just try to add something positive to that name. It's yeah, a, speak about positive, it in the yeah. kindest way. Well, and even if even if it's not, I think, you know, when we talk about reputation, you know, we want to know people accurately as the blessings that God has made them to be. So one of the one of the ways I think we keep this commandment is when we recognize the positive giftings of people and we acknowledge it with our words. So, like, say you have a, a kid who rises to the occasion is very responsible. Well, speaking about them in that way and explain, explaining to them that they were being responsible and using that gift that God has given to them is a way of un- helping them understand who they are in Christ. Yeah. Similarly with, you know, um, other, other people you're working with, just recognizing when they're doing right and good it orients them to, oh, this person has um, a good reputation and they use their skills for the sake of others, you know? So I think that's a really powerful way to keep this command. Yeah, it's actually really beautiful and it's enjoyable too, is, um, you know, when, uh, because we're not supposed to brag about ourselves, right? Right. No, don't talk about yourself. But man, you can brag about other people. You can really hold people up publicly or just in private conversation about, hey, I just really appreciate this person because build up their reputation. Um, that really speaks life into relationships and, and into situations. Yeah, so, I mean, um, Proverbs 22 says this, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. and Favor is better than silver or gold. Hmm. So you can use your your words to build up someone's reputation and, and give them like true wealth in their life as they're recognized 
for the, the good things that they do. I think that's especially important when you're dealing with people who might be a little difficult, you know, because you have a, a wide choice of things you could say about people. And, and it, I think a Christian discipline is to say, you know, I'm not going to focus on the negative things about this person's character. Yeah. Especially because they're a person in process, you know, they're being sanctified gradually like I am. And we're all a work in progress. Yeah. But, you know, as I talk about that person, I'm going to talk about the good about that person. Um, and so and, that's, that's the third use of this law is like the guide. How do we use this to build up our, the reputations of those around us and really bless them with our words instead of undermining them and cursing them? Um, God, would you please give us uh, hearts and tongues that do these things? Amen. And, and would Holy Cross be a, a place where we talk each other up and love each other with our words? Good. Hey, so John, what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? If I had more time, I could probably figure it out, but why don't you tell me? It's an irrelevant. Irrelevant. Good. All right. Well, we'll see you next time as we talk about coveting in the Ninth Commandment. In the Tenth. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it was useful for you. If you found this particular useful, you can share this episode with friends or family. You can also subscribe to our podcast and whatever platform you're using or give us a review that really helps other people find our podcast. This is also a teaching ministry of Holy Cross in Kearney, Nebraska. And so if you do not have a church, we would love to welcome you into our community to build you up and to share the joy of salvation with you and the rest of the members here at Holy Cross. 